0: We're starting a new message today, and uh, uh, and so strap yourself in, uh, because we all need to be challenged, I believe, in this area, as believers who process, uh, profess, I should say, uh, Jesus as Lord and Saviour. You know, we never have an excuse to not be following after and pursuing this truth that we're going to get into today. Don't want to be too deep into it now, but the very presence of God in our midst when we gather together depends on this truth actually relies on this truth. When we pursue and follow after this truth, we partner with the Father's heart. And it's all about partnering with the Father's heart. It really is. You know, the anointing of God in our gatherings, and that anointing relies on this truth being held in high esteem by us all and making sure that we're all supporting uh, this truth and, um, and of course, uh, is acted upon as well among us. You know, Jesus was asked uh, what the great commandment was. If you go back to my last two uh, uh, weeks that I was here, uh, you could find out a little bit about that because we did, we did treat it. But Jesus was asked what that great commandment was. What's the great commandment? Those that asked him were actually trying to trip him up, She trying to get him to stumble. Uh, if you remember rightly, they were, they were the scribes and the Pharisees and the lawyers. And in particular, it was a lawyer who, trying to trip Jesus up, What's the gr-? you know, asking him the hard questions. And they were blinded to the truth by the religion that provided them with position. All right, That's a good way to describe a religious spirit. Blinded to the truth by the very thing that they uh, believe will provide them with position. And it's ugly, very ugly. A religious spirit is not hard to discern. Okay, It's usually found very busy going about after leadership to trip them up. Trying to pull it down. And it was no different in jesus's day so watch out religious spirits i think did we talk we talked a little, i think you touched in on religious spirits before uh both in prayer as well uh pastor jess but having been asked which is the great commandment jesus of course answered out of uh, uh matthew 22:37, 37 and uh we have it up there on the screen in verse 37 to 40, Jesus declared, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. All the law, all, you know, when you go to the book of the Bible, everything hangs on love. I love being down uh, uh, in perfume. Pastor Marika's sermon, which I believe was last Sunday morning, um, where she shared—oh, actually, it might have been the week before—she shared that she sees in the nation at the moment that the plumb line that the Lord is bringing is love. We've got to get our love walk right, okay? Where it's not right, where it's a little bit wobbly, we've got to get it right. We need to get it where it needs to be. The first part of uh, Jesus's answer is, you know. How do we love God? He was asking the question. I mean, God has lavished his great love on us through Jesus Christ, his son. That's the first thing we understand. Uh, But reciprocating his love back to him, I'm convinced, gets down to loving others. I'm just going to make that point today very clearly. We're talking about loving God. You have to love others. You can't love God and not love others. The two go hand in hand. It's the first and the second commandment. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. Not this one commandment, but these two commandments. And, uh, you know, serving others. Not the position or the title. I'm serving because I have this role. I'm serving because I have this function. I'm serving because I have this badge and i just got to do it. And it's all huff and puff. It's not that at all. Not for position or title, but because that's the Father's heart. You know, I recall asking the Lord in prayer, I guess frustrated, came from a place of frustration. How can I love you more? I was asking. How can I do that? You know, and I guess I, I had run out of what I thought I should do to love God more. Ever gotten there? How can I express my love for you that hits the spot was really my question. And the Lord answered me from uh, that passage of scripture in the gospel of John. Most of you will know it where the Lord appears um, as a resurrected Lord, the third time. And the disciples had decided that going fishing was worth it. Don't forget, you know, the disciples had spent three and a half years with, you know, uh, the, the son of God. They'd spent three and a half years with him in ministry. And, uh, Don't forget uh, that 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 was uh, day and night, 24-7, two and a half years, living off miracles, going from town to town. And despite having seen the resurrected Lord twice already, they had decided it's time to go fishing, time to go back to what we know. Ever been there? Some call it backsliding. Okay, but anyway, we won't go into the detail here or, or accuse them, but Peter had done this before. Remember when he denied Jesus three times? And what did Jesus do? Kept loving him, you know, kept loving him through it, prayed for him. Don't worry, I, I, I'm praying for you. And that's how good our God is, no matter how. Wrong, we get it. He keeps loving us. And notice the reason that he kept praying for Peter, you know, uh, he said, Satan has sought to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith not fail. Wow. I, I, I'm just, I'm smitten by that verse and that passage. Smitten by that. More interested in Peter's faith not failing as he is with yours and mine. It's a great picture of how sometimes after we come back to new life in Jesus, you know, we we still make the mistake of wanting to go back to what we know. Our old ways, our old patterns, letting emotions rule us. Nothing wrong with working, of course. Uh, The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. So um, that was the days before social security. But, um, you know, the truth is, is that there's a pattern there, is that if you don't work, you don't eat, you know, so. But for the six disciples that went fishing with Peter that night, fishing was all they knew to go back to. Jesus is risen, but what do we do now? Was really, you know, what do we do now? Is, you know, Jesus has appeared to us twice, but still we don't know what we should be doing. so let's go fishing. So, uh, and we'll pick it up in John 21 and verse four to five. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore and yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered him, no. And Jesus is about to get their attention. I love these moments when Jesus gets your attention. They bring them back to godly purpose and back, get this, to miraculous provision. How many of you love miraculous provision? You know, you didn't see it coming. You, you wouldn't have even done it that way if you could have. You wouldn't have even known to do it that way, but God does it that way. And you go, wow, I love those moments. But back to miraculous provision. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Cast your net on the other side of the boat? It wasn't much of an adjustment really, was it? And, that, and so, so many times what it takes to get back on track is not much of an adjustment. It's just a little, what we call, a tweak. Just the other side of the boat, but most importantly hearing what God's saying and doing it. Sometimes it's getting back to the last thing God told you to do that you didn't do, and do it. I don't know about anyone else, but I'm in. You know, sometimes I'll I'll, I'll go, you know, you sort of feel something not quite right. Oh, I didn't do that, did I? I need to go back to that and get it done. And it's like freedom breaks forth, and you feel right again, and it feels like you're stepping out in uh, God's grace again. But let's read this together in John 21 and verse 7 to 10. It says, Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, as whenever Peter was talking, uh, sorry, John was talking about himself, he called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. <laughs> I love it. But therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, because evidently he was fishing in his underwear, uh, for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat for they were not far from land, about 200 cubits. Last time I looked, that's about 91 metres, okay, nearly 91 and a half. Dragging the net with fish, so about 100 metres out, and they're dragging this net with the fish, and they're still coming in. They, as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. So in other words, bring some of those big fish. And when Jesus is calling the disciples back to, what he is calling us back to is the miraculous. Because when we step away, okay, do our own thing, work it out ourselves, guess what we're stepping away from? We're stepping away from miraculous provision. We're stepping away from God's uh, uh, flow of supply. And we need to get that right. We need to get back to that as quickly as possible. And it's as simple as reaching out to him again, saying, Lord, what do I need to do? Cast your net on the other side of the boat. Just a little tweak. What is your casting your net on the other side of the boat today? John chapter 21 and verse 11 to 13. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? (laughs) They knew who he was. Resurrected Lord Jesus. They'd spent three and a half years with him. And even though this miracle of a a risen Jesus was there, they knew who it was. Verse 13, Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. The 150 large fish just needed to be possessed by the disciples. Just a small adjustment and they were back into full supply. You don't get 153 fish, large fish like that. This is a huge catch. And get this truth, his provision when we're wanting to do what he called us to do is always maximised. He'll show that we're doing it right. The provision just flows in, whatever it is that we need, whatever it is that we're facing. And You know, a breakthrough. You can call it the breakthrough that, that we're so desiring. And then in this story, we come to the revelation moment for Peter. The provision of God for our lives is not just for our comfort. So don't ever make that mistake. It's not designed to stop with us. We're blessed to be a what? A blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. In other words, God's blessing is certainly always comes to us but remember, it's design is always through us. God wants us to be a blessing. He doesn't want us just blessed. He wants us to be a blessing to others. And this is where this message may get a little bumpy for some. All that God provides is not just for you. Say ouch if you want to, or you can say amen. You can say either, I don't mind. But as long as I know you're listening today, God's blessing is not... (laughs) I'm glad I'm not getting an ouch, you know. All that God provides is not just for you, but through you. And it's good news. It's good news because God wants us being a blessing when we go out. You know, when we leave our house in the morning, he doesn't want us going out saying, gee, I'm so blessed. We should be saying, I'm such a blessing today. And watch out, whoever I come across their path. I'm such a blessing today. I'm going to encourage someone. I'm going to build someone up. I'm going to bless. I'm going to give to someone. You know, find an opportunity. The Lord wants you to live in full supply, but it's so you can go on serving him and also the causes of heaven. God have... Sorry, but as far as I'm concerned, that Pindan Kids Child Care Centre at Number 3 Palmer Road is a cause of heaven. God put that together. Sorry to say, I don't want to burst anyone's bubble, but I wasn't that smart. I wasn't that smart to come up with that idea. I heard it from heaven driving down to Perth, somewhere around, you know, between Carartha and Carnarvon. Interrupted my drive. Spoke into my heart and gave me that as a thing to do. A thing to position ourselves. Fulfilling his will for your life. Following his directions as you seek his face. And walk in his grace. Even in the workplace. It's almost a rhyme, isn't it? Peter is asked by Jesus, do you love me more than these? Wow, what a question. Do you love me more than these? You get blessed, so blessed. You've got everything going well. Do you love me more than these? Look at it. John 21. This is where Jesus really gets Peter's attention. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to them, feed my lambs. Strange conversation, strange response, isn't it? What he's saying is you're blessed. Make sure you're a blessing. You know, you just got 150 large fish, and I don't know about anyone else, if I'm a fisherman, if I've got 153 large fish, I reckon going to market's going to be profitable. You know, and that's where those fish were headed. They're off to the market and they're going to get a cash flow and he's saying, well, feed my sheep. See, God can do the miraculous, but our heart needs to be turned to serving him and being a part of what his causes are, his kingdom. I love it the answer to the question, do you love me, is then serve others. Serve others then. If you love me, serve others. Feed the lambs, the newborn. I remember, as I say, when I, when the Lord showed me this passage and brought this passage to my attention, uh, when I was asking that question, I thought it must have been post-2000 sometime. I remember I was so blessed, so blessed to understand that that what I was called to, which was at that time, I think, preaching in the Bible college and leading, leading the Bible college and being the principal down there, was actually what I should have been doing. It was a confirmation. Well, then feed my sheep. In this particular case, it was feed my lambs. Jesus is still on Peter's case and I and I believe because he denied Jesus three times, he had to say this three times. I don't know, you know, just, just a little bit of speculation there but Jesus is still on Peter's case and I hope he stays on our case as a church here in Broomtown. To be about not just being blessed uh, you know, a, a bless me club that meets on Sundays but being a blessing you know and that Commitment is there in our hearts. John 21 and verse 16. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, do you love me? I think Jesus knew he had to work in threes with Peter, you know. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. Again, getting that message across, tend my sheep. Serve the sheep of God's pasture. Look around. Every single one of us qualifies. Peter was being asked to make the adjustment, to love the Lord by loving others. What are the two great commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your soul, and your neighbour as yourself. There it is, those two points. We're blessed with, the, with, with loving God and knowing his love for our lives, but then going out and being a person that loves your neighbour as yourself. And we do that by serving one another, caring for one another, not by knocking one, a, one another down, but by love, believing the best of every person. Boy, we need to do that. Believing the best of every person. And we'll get to that. Of course, this message, my messages now have two parts, uh, first week, second week. And, um, and, and of course, part two is coming. John, uh, uh, John 21 and verse 17, and it says, And he said to him, The third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time. uh, I'm thinking, well, you shouldn't have denied him three times. You know, things wouldn't be coming in threes then, Peter. No, no, I'm just speculating on that. But do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him again, feed my sheep. You've got to ask yourself, what for, for you, what does that mean? It means being a nurturing heart to others. What have you thought about being a nurturing heart for others and not just being concerned about maybe your own backyard, your own circumstance, your own situation, but making that shift to the Father's heart, which is a nurturing heart. It nurtures others. It gets around and says, how are you going? Are you going all right? Boy, let me pray for you if you're not. It's just cast your net on the other side of the boat adjustment. Not much. And of course the miraculous provision comes to that place very, very quickly. And Peter has no excuse not to get it. You never see Peter going out net fishing again. Even though he would have loved taking those 153 large fish to the market, and I'm sure he did, uh, enjoy that what we do see is Peter at the forefront of the church age we see Peter having his life given over to serve the Lord and laying his life ultimately as a martyr uh, uh, for for the kingdom we see to, we see Peter hearing from God uh, uh, concerning the baptism in the holy Spirit and how and how salvation was was not just not just for for um uh, uh, Jews, but also for Gentiles, and being at the forefront of that revelation, which, which actually came ten years into uh, uh, at the church age, and preaching that cracking sermon on the very first day of Pentecost uh, for the church. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. You should read it sometimes there in Acts chapter two. This is that. You know they're wondering why these people, are filled with the Holy Spirit, staking around like they were drunk. Touched by the very power of God, couldn't walk. And God was filling his church. God was coming in to, to reveal his presence in a, in a, in a manifest uh, corporate way. What we see in Peter's life is the second part of the great commandment love thy neighbour as thyself. And we do that best by purposing, I believe, to serve each other, to encourage one another, be a blessing. Uh, The miraculous from heaven follows our commitment. Get that, the miraculous. We step into the flow of the miraculous the minute we do. It's just that little adjustment. Cast your net on the other side of the boat. When the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, don't forget to gather together, don't forget, church, there's a very clear reason given in that very place. It's so to promote love for one another and it's to promote good works i'm just going to quickly show you hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 it's great scripture it says and let us consider one another see we've been considerate to one another when we decide i'm going to church in order to stir up love and good works in order to stir up love and good works it says not forsaking assembling of ourselves together as is the matter of some the more, uh, 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 but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Let's um, just read that from the Amplified Version quickly as we close. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24, I love this. It says, and let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of son. But encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. So, again, my question is still early part of the new year. Let's go for more in 2024. You know, let's be that people that say, you know what? Those two commandments, I'm going to walk in. Those uh, 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 scriptures speak of not just being blessed in our relationship with the Lord, our personal relationship with the Lord, but being a blessing to others and that we need to be about that. Amen? Amen. Why don't we all stand to our feet and we'll pray. I'm going to try and close uh, on time and be a good example to uh, Pastor Jess. Uh, (laughs) Yes, yes, please. Yeah, yeah. Probably um, 10,000 reasons. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Some of you, I know, just uh, letting that sort of just drop into your heart there a little bit. Maybe there's a bit of commitment forming there, a fresh commitment. That's a good thing, you know. And uh, I know that the Lord's dealing with hearts this morning. But um, why don't we just make a commitment ourselves uh, today? So, Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your great grace. That's us, uh, Lord, individually. Lord, and also upon us as a church together, Lord. And we thank you that what you have for us is exciting coming into 20, as we come into 2024, Lord God. But we know it takes, it takes an adjustment sometimes, Lord, to walk in the fullness. That full miraculous provision, Lord God, we, we pray to believe and to receive. Lord, we take on right now, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we uh, 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 step back into a place of faith Concerning your uh, word in our lives, or that we might be doers of the word and not just hearers. That we would find an application today, Lord God, uh, uh, and and this coming week, where we can put these things into practice, Lord, where we can uh, uh, shrug off complacency and and uh, and um, that uh, uh, lack of a lack of activity, Father, in this area of being not just blessed but being a blessing to others, Lord, not just knowing our relationship with you and enjoying that, but also being uh, uh, out there, being a blessing to others, Lord, encouraging others. Lord, it's so easy, Father, to just change our, our communication, to talk and, uh, without moaning and groaning, but rather, Lord, to talk about how good you are and what a difference you make in our lives, Lord. Lord, finding things to be, uh, Lord, half empty about, Lord, when we could be a people that are uh, so talking about how uh, a full we are, Lord God, because of your great um, blessing in our lives, Lord. Lord, help us to be the people that you've called us to be, Lord God. Lord, we need to be busy about the work of your kingdom, Lord. Seeing souls saved, seeing people come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it does so often start with our conversation, our attitude of our heart, Lord God. And also the purpose uh, uh, that we make every single day before you, Lord. I'm going to be a blessing today, not just blessed, but I'm going to be a blessing as well. So Father, we thank you for these things, Lord. We thank you that you seal it today by your Holy Spirit, that you move in our hearts and help us make the adjustment. Lord, that we might cast the, cast the net on the other side of the boat, Lord God. And see your provision in Jesus' name. And every single person said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't we just go out with a song? I'm just make an invitation if you.